Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, and my guest is Evelina Wary. And here is a bit about Evelina. She is a Los Angeles-based financial advisor and director at Northwestern Mutual. She initially graduated with a PR and digital media degree and pursued advertising for seven years. After helping brands and influencers make more money, she wanted to help everyday people save and grow their money. She launched her first financial planning practice in the beginning of the pandemic in April 2020. She now serves 60 plus clients and manages over 700,000 investable assets. So without further ado, please welcome Evelina Weary to GEMS Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. My pleasure, Evelina. And before we jump into our topic, which will be surrounding financial literacy, since we are currently in financial literacy month, we're going to have an icebreaker and you could share either a fun and interesting fact about yourself or something crazy that you've done in your life. Oh, a great icebreaker question. I would say, well, a fun fact about me is I have synesthesia. So synesthesia is the connection of two or more senses that are not um, usually not connected. So I, um, the way I experience synesthesia is that I connect colors, particularly with numbers and colors. So um, when I'm, let's say, doing financial planning, actually, or reading or speaking or someone speaking uh, with me, um, it's like a rainbow in my mind. So I have very specific colors that are associated with each each letter of the alphabet and each number. Um, I've also met people who connect sounds with colors or taste with uh, colors or things of that nature. But um, but yeah, I have synesthesia. That is actually pretty interesting because I've never met somebody with synesthesia. You actually taught me something new because I had no <laughs> idea what that was. So just like... Um, a example here. So as we're talking, can you let me know at a point where you connect a specific um, number with a color and does it have a specific meaning behind it or it's just your way of just connecting the dots? Yeah, I, I, I actually thought everyone thought like this. It was only I guess that wasn't so recent. I think it was like end of college where I realized that not everyone thinks like this. I grew up in the 90s when um, those colorful alphabet magnets, if you remember, were on the refrigerator. It was like, yep, it was like super popular. And like uh, many people throughout elementary school, like my uh, elementary school education was very color coordinated. So I just thought that had to do something with it. Um, But when I was thinking about it, I was like, uh, and I don't, I don't know if there's a specific meaning, but like zero has always been navy, one has been white, two has been yellow, three has been blue, um, and so on and so forth. And it's it's just, it's always been like that. So um, yeah, I guess it wasn't the, re- the refrigerator's fault, but uh, I'm still just uh, trying to figure out if it has a, a meaning. 
Oh, okay. Super cool. I had no idea. I did not notice it. So now it's going to actually challenge me to go look at some of those colors, I guess. Um, when my husband gets in from work, I'm going to say, babe, we need to look <laughs> at the colors so we could see if our daughter is going to um, look at the colors and the numbers in a certain way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see, always dropping gems on gems. <laughs> That's right. So at what point did you decide um, to have, you know, that big switch. I know I mentioned it in your bio when you went from public relations and digital media into finances and, you know, that liter the financial literacy piece that comes with it and et cetera. Was it scary or was there just a aha light bulb moment that went off where you said, you know what, I gotta do something different. And then this is going to help me fulfill that servant leadership. Yeah, I would say it was kind of a long time coming. I So I, I majored in uh, PR and digital design um, in school. I went to USC undergrad and I actually liked my major. I never switched my major like many college students. Um, but once I kind of got out into the real world, uh, I it, what was kind of like taught in school didn't really like match what you had to do, in, especially in the LA media market. Um, uh, of, uh, of like ad advertising agencies. And so I knew actually within two weeks, like by the time I got my first paycheck that I like did not like the career and which made me so mad because I like dropped all this money on this like college education. I was like crazy ambitious and I actually did like five internships before I graduated college. And so I thought I was prepared for um, what would the marketing or advertising field would entail. And, um, but because I just went uh, to school for a few years, dro uh, dropped all this money, I was like, well, let me just like stick it out. I'm like 22. Like, what do I know? And every single year I just still didn't like it. I tried um, marketing both on the ad tech side, switched over to influencer marketing, and then um, I was mainly in an account management role and it was more kind of more behind the scenes. I tended to support sales directors. Um, I'm a natural ex uh, extrovert. And so I knew I kind of wanted a more client facing role and sales has uh, kind of appealed to me. And so I was at first thinking, well, maybe I want like a sales job. And um, so around kind of like the top of like 2020, um, independent of what was going on in the world then, I was starting to look for more uh, sales positions and I actually had a sales role lined up at uh, Pandora the jewelry company <laughs> of all places and it was like sales through and through and um, I, I got the job in um, March of 2020. I put in my two weeks at my last influencer marketing job. Um, obviously a lot happened in the world from March 1st and March 15th of 2020. And what I, um, actually my last day, uh, I, I was gonna start that Monday. I, Pandora let me know that Friday that uh, they were gonna push back the start date to the end of the pandemic. <laughs> So I just assume that I was going to be unemployed. This was also kind of during the era where people thought they were going to be sent home for two weeks and then come back of April 2020. Um, so I was just like, okay, we'll just you know, see what happens. Um, I felt like that Monday, the universe spoke to me and Northwestern Mutual actually reached out to me that very Monday, my first day of unemployment, um, asked me if I was looking for a job. And they were having 
things like very client facing um, sales roles, um, also uh, just like really helping people with their um, financial planning practice. And uh, I was like, you know, funny story, I'm actually looking for a job. It's my first day of unemployment. Uh, I spent two weeks interviewing and I'm still here today. So <laughs> it was just kind of divine time, the timing and fell in my lap. Um, but I just felt like I was so miserable for seven years um, and I had been looking for a complete shift because I was getting a job after job in advertising, but it was still advertising, which didn't really excite me. And um, I, my dad is a financial advisor, so the career was never like completely uh, a foreign. So I just threw my name in the hat and I'm just so happy to be here today. Super awesome. So it's like the synergies were there. It just needed you to have some closed doors in order for that open door and that divine timing to kind of knock, knock. Here I am. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are some of the myths that you want to bust? Because so many people are like, oh, financial advisors, you know, they're broke. They don't make any money. Or how are they trying to help me with my money? Or you know, just the, the different things that people say and people hear whenever they think of a financial advisor, I want you to bust some of those things. What are the top things that people have said to you? And mm -hmm. have you put them in the BS category or have you put them in the category of let me educate you on what needs to take place? Great question. Yeah, I would say the most common one is um, what I hear from clients. I was like, oh, I don't have like enough money. I don't need a financial advisor yet. Um, however, I would say the early, earlier you can start with financial planning, the better for your overall future. Um, thankfully, I, I do work for Northwestern Mutual. We don't have like, you, you can be making any income. So there's no like salary limit. Um, and you there's also no minimums to like open up an account. So you don't need like $100,000 like around to like start investing. Um, the reason being is because uh, we have uh, a saying that goes around here that uh, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Um, and so even if it's just like 50 bucks, 100 bucks per month going into an account with interest over time, the earlier you start is much better than if you just waited till you made six figures and then started um, later on in life. So I would say, um, yeah, just kind of getting started, kind of like, like working out, just like staying consistent, um, you'll see uh, better results over time. So definitely just start with something versus not starting with anything. And then you can always build upon it as you gradually make more money and you start to see maybe you got a pay raise or et cetera. So um, I want to ask you this question, Evelina. So some people say whenever you get a pay increase, you should contribute 1% mm -hmm. towards either a stock or bond or your 401k or whatever your um, monetary vehicle of saving is. Do you agree with that philosophy? The way we look at um, savings is, I would say, with our 60-20-20 framework. So um, whatever that salary increase uh, looks like, looking at that month, that new monthly or annual salary holistically, um, I would say kind of the breakdown, 60% going towards fixed expenses, 20% um, for your fun fun um, going out, discretionary, and then 20% uh, for savings. Um, ideally, 10 of that 20%, 10% for retirement, 10% for anything pre-retirement. Okay. And so it's the 60%. Is there like a pie chart or like a formula that you could share to help um, 
the listeners and viewers remember this? Yes, I have a few slides actually because of uh, financial literacy month that um, I can send your way that they can view. (laughs) Okay, awesome. And then I could just add it as a resource. That way we could, you know, challenge them, but hold them accountable. And I know one of the other topics you speak on is saving on taxes. And yesterday was tax day. So I kind of want to hit on this just so we could kind of bring it um, to the forefront and help people. Okay, yesterday was tax day, but now that we're over tax day, here's something that you could start today to make sure that you're saving. Good question. So yeah, I would say, um, so one of the best ways that we help clients um, save with taxes is actually saving or uh, using life insurance as a tax-free savings account. Um, It's one of the few vehicles where you can put money in, it grows tax-free, and you can take out money tax-free. There's no investment account out there that's doing that. Um, And you could just really, in essence, like build your own like bank um, and uh, just build wealth in a, in a different way. Um, and because with investing, well, one with in investing, it's great when the money's going up, but a lot of people's accounts, especially right now with the war going on, a lot of people's 401ks are <laughs> not going up. Yep. <laughs> so, um, and then whatever you're kind of making, well, it depends on what tax bracket you are, but roughly like 20% of that is going to go to taxes with like capital gains or um, whatever income tax bracket you are. And so, using life insurance. And there's kind of like a couple of ways you can use uh, life insurance. A lot of people think of it like another, let's say health insurance or auto insurance. You can actually save into a life insurance policy um, and then just use it as like a tax-free savings account, which is pretty cool. Um, So especially for, I would say, a lot of my entrepreneurial clients tend to use it. Um, uh, it's kind of like in the other savings bucket or for people like me who are like kind of even pre-kids, pre-real estate, it's just a nice way to kind of force you to save on a monthly basis as well. So let's break down the life insurance because there's two two types of life insurance and listeners and viewers. There's whole life insurance and there's term life insurance. So whenever you think about using life insurance as a saving mechanism and another vehicle, which one is most applicable here? Can they both do the same thing? Good question. So it would be the whole life insurance or permanent life insurance that would be the savings vehicle. Um, You can start off with the term life insurance and then convert it to that whole whole life insurance over time, Um, but it won't start compounding tax-free until it's a whole life. Okay, perfect. So we got that question answered. So you could start with the term life and then transition it over to the whole life. And one thing that I want to plug here is because I'm a millennial, y'all. So I would encourage y'all who are having kids is whenever your kid is born, start a life insurance policy for them as soon as they're born, because it's a lot cheaper whenever you start with them younger versus someone who is later on down in life. It's going to cost a you know, more for them because they may have underlying health conditions or those comorbidities that may, you know, be higher for them to acquire that life insurance. I'm not an expert in this, but this is just something that I have witnessed with some of my family members. So if I could bring the education to the forefront and drop that knowledge and wisdom on you, I definitely want to help you in that area. Definitely. And we see that um, all the time too. And um, I would even say, 
like you're never young as young or, or as, as healthy as you are today. Um, my youngest life insurance client is 21 years old. You never know what happens, like even in, in your twenties. Um, um, and so I would, I would say like while you're as insurance as possible, it's, it's super, super affordable. Like even like under 20 bucks um, a month, uh, depending on what health class you qualify for. And that just sets you up for success uh, for the long term. And then now that kind of alludes into the next part, um, protecting your income, because now that we know there's different types of vehicles, there's the 401ks, there is the life insurance vehicle, there are some people who still have pension, I was fortunate to have pension with the previous um, employer, my background's oil and gas and energy. Mm -hmm. So now what are some of the ways that you help your clients protect their income? Great question. So yeah, that's um, step one of any sort of financial plan we're building out. Um, well, I would say step zero is really having that three month emergency fund. Um, there's been kind of back and forth talk on like, do you need like six months or one year? I would say right now with inflation looking at 8.5%, don't sit on like too much cash. Um, three, three months is definitely sufficient. If you want more um, tax-free interest, you can always put it in like a life insurance policy. But um, uh, uh, that would just kind of just being having sufficient amount of cash on hand. Beyond that, um, your most important asset is really your ability to make an income. Um, so the way we protect that is through long-term disability insurance. Um, sounds super uh, scary. A lot of people don't want to be talking about it, but one of the best things that you can do for your financial plan is just really making sure that uh, if you rely on 100% of your paycheck, that 100% of your paycheck always comes to the door, uh, especially for millennials. Uh, this is like our critical like wealth building years. We're just trying to make as much money and save as much money as we can. And a lot of people think that it's the big things that tend to put us out of work, like car accident or getting shot or I don't know, things of that nature. And yes, that may happen. But as we start getting older and wiser, especially for those of us who have celebrated past our 30th birthday, like back problems, yep, carpal tunnel, stress, pregnancy complications, that becomes a, a thing. <laughs> um, and so uh, anything that would kind of put you out of work for a few months or more, and this could be, by the way, both physical or um, psychological, uh, you can always get some sort of long-term disability insurance just to uh, protect your income. Absolutely. And I tell people, you don't know what you don't know. And don't always rely on your employer to be a saving grace because prime example, a lot of people who were relying on their employer lost their jobs in the pandemic. So mm -hmm. if you don't have extra insurance coverage or extra protection outside of your employer, that whenever that separation comes, whether it's a furlough or a layoff, you don't get that coverage. So you definitely need to be you know, wise as a serpent, I like to say, but harmless as a dove. I love that. Oh my God, you tra trademark that. Wise as a serpent. <laughs> well, I can't because the Bible said it first. <laughs> oh, oh, I should have known that. Um, I love that. Well, a very good word to, to live by. Um, and just yeah, to uh, also touch on that, like, so let's say you are uh, employed, I, I would say a, a common workplace benefit is getting 60% of your base salary covered. Sometimes it is less, but I would say um, it tends to be 60%. But if it is an employer-sponsored benefit, it's a taxable benefit. So if you do need to cash in on that, something puts you out of work, um, 
you could see really, I would say 40 to 50% of your paycheck actually coming through the door. So if you do need 100%, um, it's very wise to just get uh, something uh, supplemental and then, um, yeah, or even just getting kind of the full amount, especially if you are young and healthy, uh, so you never know what could happen. Absolutely. And then another principle that I've learned is for those of you who may be religious or spiritual, they say you put your 10% in your tithes, then you put an extra amount in your offering, then I would encourage you to take 10% or 20% and pay yourself. And then the rest you live off of. And if you steward your money just as much as you steward giving it to a church or whatever religious sector or nonprofit you believe in, then you will also be setting yourself up for success and not just depending on, okay, what is like, mm -hmm. let's have that certainty versus that uncertainty. Absolutely. And that's a good point. I have a few um, clients who are pretty charitable and um, like they're really for like the environment or cancer research and we'll go through like a, a budget. And I'm just thinking of one client in particular, like she had um, like $300 per month goes out the door to various charitable causes and it's non-negotiable. She wants to make sure that this is um, being funded. And so we uh, do work around that. And, um, and it's just really also building that savings muscle uh, because a better way to get you saved is you are putting it towards something you really care about. Mm -hmm. And then I guess another, um, uh, what, do, what would I call this? Another challenge for us would be doing the t-chart method of the left side would be your wants and the right sides are your needs. So if you are a spender, then you definitely need to write down your wants versus your needs and ask yourself, is this something that I want or is this something that I need? And your needs should be tied to your essential, um, your essential goods or your essential day-to-day -day activities that is going to sustain you. And if it's not sustaining you, then I think you should kick it over to the want category and you could always come back to it later on whenever the money is flourishing. But don't bite off more than you can chew. And I think that will also help you with financial freedom because I know there are a lot of people that have credit card debts and or mm -hmm. student loans or et cetera. So I always encourage people to look at you know, your credit cards with the highest interest rates and chip those away first. And then once you pay that off, then take the funds that you have and allocate it to the next ex, um, expense that you have in your life and just work work on it that way. But from your um, perspective, Evelina, since you are at um, subject matter expertise in the financial space, do you have any other tips and tricks there for financial yeah. freedom? Yeah, no, uh, I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, yeah, when uh, people come to me with, for example, like credit card debt, usually I just recommend them um, to download the, the debt payoff planner app. It's a mobile app and you can sync your credit cards there and it'll actually give you like a budget to um, pay them off. And so uh, let's say, and then it'll be based on your cash flow. So if you have, I don't know, like 3K coming through the door and since that's like 250 um, per month needs to go to credit card like it will help uh, do that. And as you start re reaching like certain milestones, like it'll help uh, cheer you on. But 
I really like that since we're all attached to our phones these days and people lose Excels and lose PDFs. Like, um, <laughs> you was like, yeah, I know you've got Instagram or TikTok on your phone. You can have the debt payoff planner and you can just like open it up and just really get that customized day-to-day -day and weekly guidance um, for paying that off. But yeah, in general, um, it would be the credit card with the highest interest rate rather than the highest balance first uh, and just kind of going from there. Super cool. And thanks for intro, um, introducing that tool. So it's the Debt Payoff um, Planner and it's an app. Is the app available on both iOS and Android? It sure is. And there's a free version and the premium version, I think it's like $24 per year. So um, pretty good for uh, uh, helping you out on that front. Awesome. And then um, are there any other ways that you think that we can help the listeners and viewers look towards um, just really achieving that financial freedom? Yeah, so I would say, uh, so Northwestern Mutual actually has also a really good app. Um, you don't need to be a client, but uh, you can download the free Northwestern Mutual app on any device that you use, and uh, you can see your entire financial picture in one place. And so um, there's a bunch of different uh, financial apps out there. Uh, as sometimes people come to me and there's like, they have like five to eight on their phone, but um, especially if you're like me and you don't want to remember all the passwords, you can have one password and one login and see your bank account, see your credit cards, see your student loans all in the same dashboard. Um, and so it's kind of like a nice bird's eye view where you can track your spending, you can see your net worth. If you do have a financial advisor with us, you can contact them right through the app or if you like want to make a contribution to your Roth IRA or what have you, um, it's kind of a nice one-stop shop um, uh, play towards your overall uh, financial plan. Um, so definitely yeah, download the app to help out with your uh, financial goals. And then of course, we'd love to invite them if you are interested in like a complimentary session for your very own customized financial roadmap. Um, of course, I'm a financial advisor and we also have a team of advisors um, who specialize in various different areas that can help out uh, with their goals as well. Super cool. So lots of um, tools that we've shared. We've shared the financial planner app. We've shared the Northwestern mutual app that you can use, even if you're not a client of them yet, but mm -hmm. interested in becoming one, you definitely have a tool there. And then um, we're also going to share some of the other resources that you mentioned early on, Evelina. And as we begin to wind down, I want you to leave the listeners and viewers with your call to action for this segment. Oh, great question. I would say um, call to action is, yeah, just kind of like book a discovery call. Uh, what's kind of cool right now is a lot of people are taking charge of their financial uh, picture just given like the pandemic. And whether you have an advisor or not, or kind of want to see what, what's out there, um, there's so many resources and um, not one advisor has uh, all the questions. And I would say um, be more than happy to, yeah, schedule some time with me and I'd love to create a roadmap for you. Amazing. Now plug your website and where you hang out primarily on social media. Wonderful. Yes, you can find me at Evelina, E-V-E-L-I-N-A, Weary, W-E-A-R-Y, on anywhere there's a social media, but I would say I hang out on Instagram the most, and you can book a session there as well. 
Super cool. And there you have it, listeners and viewers. I hope you are inspired by hearing some financial wisdom because we dropped a lot of nuggets. So make sure you grab them up and eat those nuggets and nourish your financial side of you so you are living life optimally and you're not living life in lack because you didn't do what you needed to in order to steward your finances. There's always a way that you can tap into financial freedom, but you need to be literate when it comes to financial literacy as a whole. So all of Evelina's contact information will be in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe and share this segment. We're on 40 plus platforms. Also connect with us for video components at YouTube, which is at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, we are currently looking for brand sponsors and you can have your products and services heard right here on this podcast where we are ranked in the top 3% globally. Yes, you heard me. 3% out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. So head on over to genesisamarskemp.net to find out more information. Until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Go learn something, do your due diligence, and plug in with a financial advisor to help you reach your financial goals. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services could be here on GEMS Podcasts.